I'm so excited about today's episode. I can't even tell you. I have been trying to get these two ladies together for a while and because they're working women and they are uh, busy and they have kids. They're busy. It was hard to get us all together. But Amy and Kristen are both therapists and they're I think they're really good at their job, although I haven't been their client. They seem to me to be very conscientious, very ethical people. And I couldn't wait to talk to them about therapy because I feel like, sorry, dog with the bone. I feel like so many people have so many questions and they don't know who to ask about finding a therapist, how much the therapist costs, what a therapy session should look like, what it shouldn't look like, what's a bad therapist, what's a good therapist. And I think we kind of covered all those bases. Um, They offered two great resources. One is psychologytoday.com. That is a list of therapists and kind of their specialties and their licensing. They've been vetted. They have a valid license. So that's a great resource. Another one is called, um, what's it called? Great GoodTherapy.org. And GoodTherapy.org is kind of a shortcut list of um, therapists. Was it? Was that it? And it was a, uh, kind of a breakdown of different types of therapy. So there's you know, psychotherapy, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, there's um, all different types of therapy. And I personally didn't know that when I started. I thought therapy was therapy. I just thought everybody kind of did the same thing. I didn't know that there were many different types. So I found this podcast very informational and very helpful and very entertaining. So I hope you find the same. Uh, they're great, great ladies, and I love them both very much. So thanks for, for watching. I hope you learn just like I've learned, and I uh, hope you enjoy. And share it. If you know someone who needs to start thinking about going to therapy, um, I think this would be a good place to start. So thanks for coming back every week, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Amy and Kristen. Bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'm okay alone, but you got something I need. Well, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think that we should get together. Um, this portrait was a gift to me from an artist. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bert had it commissioned. Uh, I think it was a, a gift, though. So it, do you think he actually posed for it? Yeah, he did. Oh. No, he did not. I found the photograph. No, he did not. Oh, I my did. God. Yes, I found the photograph. It's for me. I think it's really funny that the artist did not take his Garmin watch off his arm. <laughs> painting oh, is I pretty funny. Oh, I think that's even better. Oh, my but, God. It's so, just after a nice sweaty run. I know, totally, right? Yeah. That's what he looks like really all the time sexy. after a nice sweaty run. <laughs> but so I come home, I have this painting. I'm like, what? So he takes the Wait, painting. Did you just open it out of a... I did. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> a, what am I going to do with it? And so <laughs> Georgia is 15 and a half, is in driving school, right? You can see through our living room window from the street. Mm-hmm. So she goes off to driving school. I open this package while she's at driving school. <laughs> oh, no. Bert takes the painting from the wall behind oh. our couch, puts this painting up 
so that when she pulls up to the curb, she can see this painting through the door. And how many things did she hit? So she walked in the door and was like, no, no, this is absolutely not staying here. No. But I was like, it is, it is. So we go in the kitchen and start cooking. And we come back and she's put the old painting back up, takes this painting down, covers it with a sheet and writes shameful on it. <laughs> so it oh stayed God. in our living room with a sheet over it with the word shameful for like two so weeks. Great. Then Valentine's Day comes. Oh, We've been no. trying to get Georgia to have friends over from her high school Stop it. for a year, right? She just won't have friends over. I don't know if our house is too small. I don't know if she's worried that her dad will be in a Speedo. I don't know. I mean, that's so, a valid concern. Valid. I've asked yeah. her, are you concerned that dad will embarrass you? And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, because I would be. Yeah. So it's okay if you are, and we can tell dad, hey, let's rein it in for the two hours I have friends over. No, that's not it. That's not it. I don't know. I just don't think about it. Blah, blah, blah. So Valentine's Day, she's inviting four friends over. So Bert takes this painting and hangs it over her bed. Stop oh. it. <laughs> and takes a picture of it and texts it to her when she's on the bus with her friends and goes, hope you like your redecorated room. And she's texting, no, 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 no. Just over and over and over and over and over. And we are dying because he's not going to leave it there. He's just messing with her, right? right? Did she, she show her that. friends? She doesn't she know that. Her no, 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 I don't no, think so. She should be no, no, no. mortified. She's mortified. So <laughs> she, oh, Georgia. I picked them all up from the bus stop. We pull up to the curb. I don't even think the car has stopped moving. And Georgia gets out of the car, goes straight to her bedroom, and comes out and goes, okay, all right. They Everybody can come, come in now. Because Dad took it down before she got home. Did she show them what it was? She did. Later. And I didn't know for sure if he was going to take it down. So in the car driving them <laughs> home, I was like, listen, guys, I know you don't know Georgia's dad, but he's a comedian, and he likes to, like, do crazy things so we may pull up and he may be like in the driveway in a speedo right so you just need to be prepared that <laughs> this is her dad they were like <laughs> laughing and like oh my god this is hysterical so we pull up bird is in the yard not in a speedo oh god like hands on hips waiting for us to pull up so george is like oh my god he's totally left the painting mm. over my bed oh my god and of, of course as soon as she gets out of the car he's like hey baby ready for your valentine's day party oh <laughs> she's God. dying runs in the house sees that he's taking it down is like okay and then she shows her friends and they are like oh my god that's your dad that's i mean that so is great. crazy it's pretty funny it's he's really funny. funny i would arm myself with lots of balloons <laughs> right because he's scared of balloons yes <laughs> i didn't know I, he was scared of balloons. so i came yeah. upon this mean? by accident <laughs> I was volunteering with Leanne at the World Fair and they were doing the ribbon cutting ceremony. And like somebody had handed me these balloons and I was like, hey, Bird, how are you? He's like, get the hell away from me with those. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't stand balloons. I'm scared of them. I'm like, give me a break. And I'm like, and he's like, I'm not kidding. I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, always had it in my back pocket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> clowns and balloons. He can't deal with clowns and balloons. He can so deal funny. with mylar balloons. It's just the latex. Just, it's one. just the latex. With my room, just if I was latex. his kid, my room would be filled with balloons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Georgia doesn't listen to this. I'm she's sorry. Every I'm sorry, Bert. I love you. <laughs> a latex balloon for whatever random reason. She does blow it up and and like it, bounce it around the house just yeah. to torture him. He's really... <laughs> Has he identified the traumatic oh, incident? Oh, we know the traumatic <laughs> incident. Exactly. He's actually used the incident in parenting moments. Not very 
uh, appropriately, but <laughs> but he when he was a child, his younger sister Annie, who's two years younger than him, had a birthday party, and everybody got a balloon, uh-huh. and Annie's balloon popped, and Bert lost his shit because his sister lost her balloon, yeah. and he believed it ruined her day, and he wanted her to have his balloon, and she wouldn't take it, and she was crying because she lost her balloon, and it in his little four year old brain or whatever it was destroyed his sister right so he relates this balloon incident to a trauma that most people would not consider a trauma but for him <laughs> that didn't even happen to him it no to his sister yeah but it did happen to him because he's the one that suffered right he suffered at the hand of this pop balloon so we had some parenting moment oh i remember what it was oh no i remember both girls got airpods for christmas and Isla said, I actually don't want these because I will definitely lose them. Mm. And he was like, no, but you, no, but this is your gift. Like you're getting AirPods. So what does she do? She loses them. Right? So what does Bert do? I uh, know I said, okay, I tell you what, they're in the house. The last right. time you used them were in the house. I actually want some myself. So I'll buy another pair that's mine that you can use until we find yours. Because they were definitely in the house. Right. We just couldn't find them. So... I found them in the pocket of her apron, like she had been cooking, uh, and she just put them in her apron pocket. So I found them like a few weeks later, but she had named her original AirPods Scrub Nuggets, and she named my new AirPods Scrub Nuggets, and she broke into Georgia's phone and aimed her AirPods Scrub scrub Nuggets. nuggets. So we had three (laughs) pair of Scrub Nugget AirPods. And Isla had once again lost one of the scrub nuggets. Georgia was claiming it was hers. And Isla was claiming it was hers. And since they're all named the same, we couldn't really identify whose they were. (laughs) So big family meeting about these AirPods. Everybody brought into the living room. Dad's going to solve this problem, right? And I kept saying, well, the problem is the scrub nuggets Isla's claiming are hers are pairing with Georgia's phone. So to me, that means those are Georgia's scrub nuggets. So we're missing either mine or Isla. So let's pair the ones that she that I have and see who's found that. And now we're we're you know detective work, right? And then he just leaned forward like this, super serious on his knees, and he went, "This is another balloon incident for me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is the same moment my sister lost her balloon. Oh my god! You've lost your AirPods. I can't." I, I can't, I can't do it. You lost your shit. And I was nugget. like, serious? I started laughing because I was like, he and can't he was be dead serious? for real. He was so hurt that I started laughing because oh I God. went, this is like a balloon popping when you're four? And he goes, oh, fine, fine. And leaves the room because I had hurt his feelings. Oh, yes, you did. But I thought, he can't be serious <laughs> that a, a, a teenager has lost her own item, is trying to claim everyone else's item instead of her own. And I was like, okay, we'll deal with dad in a minute. Where was the last time you used that scrub nugget? And she was like, in bed. So, of course, I get in her bed and I find both is. of them yeah. in her bed. Mm-hmm. whole thing is no big deal. Nobody popped a balloon. Oh, my God. We just misplaced something for moments of our life. But literally, the leaning forward and the just like that balloon see now i think you need to go into the phones and i think you need to rename them a balloon emoji 
That's they really each funny. need to be a different color balloon emoji. That's really funny. I should totally do that. I'm stealing that. Yeah, do that's it. funny. See, yeah, that's how I like to mess with them. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's how deep the balloon trauma runs I mean, for Bert Crusher. That is deep. It is. Deep. It was different for everybody, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, it's different for everybody. That would not have traumatized me, but yeah. Well, I was very taken aback with his reaction at the fair. I was like, okay, but there's balloons everywhere here. You know this. You're right? a parent. Like, but you're, and, it's, and they're everywhere. Like, this is the you're world a fair. Parent. Good point. Right. They're going to be balloons all the time. You just I walk mean... through a balloon arch to get from A to B, right? right? You have to walk through yeah. the balloon but arch. But also because he's such a comedian, I had no clue he was kidding. So I just was like, oh, okay, Bert. Oh, yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. Kidding. And I'm like, yeah, no, okay. no. Yeah. That and clowns. Anybody yeah. painted face clown, he's out. <laughs> he was in the wrong place. I mean, I think yes, clowns are inherently creepy, I got to say. They are kind of scary. <laughs> if you live through the poltergeist generation. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Or it. Or oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forget, yeah, forget poltergeist. But yeah. Yeah, we got double whammied. I, I mean, know. The made-for-TV it. I read the book. The John Ritter one. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read the book, and I was dying. I read yeah. that book years ago. Dying. Me, too, when terrified. it first came out. Yeah. Terrified. I was like avoiding every sewer grate. Every oh, I still like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about it, right? There's <laughs> definitely, should. definitely Pennywise's yeah. in there for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Not, it wasn't fun to walk by places like that. No, no, never. I had yeah. a boyfriend that would hold me physically over the grate, and I'd start crying. What? <laughs> did you break up with him? I did. I yeah, did. I'm like <laughs> eventually, you know, like he was him. really good looking. So you're willing oh, to do uh, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, those yeah. really good looking guys. The, yeah, football star, really good looking. Okay, you can torture me a little bit. Crazy <laughs> versus crazy good looking. Yeah, it just, looked like Jude yeah. Law, you know, oh. just like that. Wait, have you guys seen that? And since like you were him. saying like crazy versus crazy good uh-huh. looking, have you ever seen the video that's going around now about um, women and it's on the axis of either crazy and hot? No, like, it's impossible to be hot and not a little crazy. Yeah. Anyway, it's just look it up. It's actually there hilarious. There was a How I Met Your Mother episode. It's like one of my favorites. It's so funny. Where Barney Stinson, his char- the other character, is talking about, you know, like she's super, super crazy. Yeah. Super, super hot. Like right. it's his willingness to date them when they meet that, <laughs> exactly. you know. And then oh, if how they're funny. too crazy and not really that hot anymore, yep. they're out of there. It's really funny. How funny. Yeah. No, I have it, not funny. seen that. Oh, That's really funny. funny. Yeah. I mean, it's totally it's degrading true, to women, you know, but it is yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, what are we if we can't laugh at ourselves from right. time to time? Because some of it's accurate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my mother would definitely fall under right. that crazy, beautiful, beautiful, mm-hmm. crazy. So men would tolerate a lot because right. she's crazy. And then at a certain point, they go, yeah, I'm not sure you're that pretty. Right. right. It's not worth it anymore. <laughs> I think yeah. I got to go. I can find pretty with less of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not as pretty, but but anyway. So funny. I uh, this is not why I wanted you to come, obviously. No. But I love this chit chat because yes. it's always fun. But when you have a trauma like that, if if you want me to help you with the segue, if you have a trauma <laughs> like that and you want to find a therapist, <laughs> how would you find a therapist? That's exactly right. So both of your therapists, Amy and Kristen, are both yes. therapists, and I'm a big proponent of therapy. I just came from therapy, and um, people email me a lot saying. How do you find a therapist? How do you find the right type of therapist? How do you mm. know a therapist is working for you? How do you, how do you afford it if you if you don't have insurance? How do you, how do you how do you? And I was like, well, why don't I ask two people who do that for a living? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think people are scared, or at least where I grew up, therapy is very no no. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. You don't air your dirty laundry to anybody ever under any circumstances gossip is one thing Mm -hmm. but your real (laughs) trauma you don't talk about that 
I mean, I got in big trouble this year for talking about my trumb- trouble with my mom on the mic with my family. Oh, right. Oh. You know, they're like, you don't, you just don't do that. Okay. You didn't listen to the content of what I was saying at right. all, which is pretty bad. It's just the fact that I was saying it publicly. Right. It's just much. And also to help people. Right. To help people. people. That was know. my motivation. Yeah. And I get so many emails saying, thank you for doing that because. I had no idea I had this type of mental illness. I had no idea I had survived trauma. Right. You can't even no know idea. your mom's crazy until someone says not all moms are like that. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like growing up in your house and then you go to somebody else's house and you don't realize how good you had it or how or, bad. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's so insane. what would you say to someone who thinks that it's too scary or too taboo to go to therapy? What would you say to someone? Um, I would say that if there's if there if it's in your head that you're even considering it mm. then treat it like you're interviewing someone that you are going to hire so if you go and meet with someone and it actually feels too scary or uncomfortable not the right person next ah, so yeah. give it like it may take me six tries because it is scary, but when you when you sit with someone who's good and who's a good fit for you it will feel it right. oh it will feel comfortable and you will feel heard and it won't it, I mean, even in the first time, it yeah. should feel good or you should go find someone else. Yeah. It's almost like speed dating. Yeah. You know, I talk ah. to people on the phone. First, they'll call me on the phone and I'll say, you know, you need you need to go to a bunch of different people. You need to see them in person because you don't know until you sit down how comfortable or uncomfortable you'll be. Right. And I see mostly adolescents. So when I see them, I'll first see them with a the parent and a kid in the session. And a lot of the parents are like, what's your next availability? And I'll tell them in, in that session don't sign up with me yet. Go home, talk, let your kid, let it marinate, let your child talk to you. Let them tell you in private if they're comfortable with me, not yeah. in front of me in yeah, a moment yeah. where you're like pressured yeah. to make that next appointment. You know where to find me. You know where my door is. I'm happy to make it, you know, availability for you, but go see the people. It's worth it. Yeah. The problem is that's upfront is where the biggest investment is because most people won't see you without you know, a commitment, a commitment. Well, no, but you have to pay for the session. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're seeing a bunch of different people, but it's so worth it in the long run. If you get somebody you can actually trust and you feel really comfortable with because to be with somebody you're not comfortable with is just it's a waste. Of time I also and money, think right? actually and I do think it's worthwhile. I'm glad you brought up the money thing, because I think someone should be willing to have a 20 or 30 or I mean, I'll stay on the phone with someone for an hour if it needs to be conversation on the phone yeah, first. I do the same, thing. which is free. Yeah. And so if someone doesn't offer that, ask for it. Right. And then you'll learn a lot from that. And if they won't do that, I wouldn't even yeah. try them. Yeah. Because you can learn a lot from just that conversation. Yeah. That's very true. And it's a lot less confrontational on the phone. A hundred percent. Yeah. Not that you're confrontational, but the person showing up is confronting what's bothering right. them. So that's confrontational. Just their inner uh, workings or inner dialogue or whatever's going on is very confrontational to say, I need help yeah. or I'm lost yeah. or I'm scared is kind of scary. So I know Bert and I have some of our healthiest conversations on the phone because it just puts some kind of layer of safety yeah. or mm-hmm. something where you go, I can be completely honest here because I'm not looking at him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Point. That is a really good point though. I didn't really... I have found my therapist, both the one in New York and the one here, through the same uh, institution. They were different different entities. Mm-hmm. But the one here is called the Wright Institute. And she called it a psychodynamic psychotherapy clinic. Mm-hmm. 
So I went in and, and talked with an incept person, I think it's called, incept, someone who says, hey, what's going on? What do you want to work on? What are you feeling? And then she placed me with someone and she just happened to both times, I, I went through the same experience. Both times I paid a sliding scale. I think when I was in New York, I was paying like 25 bucks a session. And here, when I started, I was paying something like 35 or 45 in the beginning because I couldn't afford anything. Right. But they placed me and they just knocked it out of the park. Both my experiences, first person, the first time I walked in, I was like, okay, this is, this is, I, I'm, this is good. Yeah. Um, and for me, I didn't have to shop because I just couldn't afford to shop even. I just used that avenue and it really worked for me. I would imagine most major cities have some type of clinic like that because I guess my therapist was working on her hours mm-hmm. yeah. and is supervised <clears throat> by someone else. So maybe you're not getting a seasoned therapist, but for me, she was the right person. Absolutely. And they're being so well supervised. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's actually a great thing to bring up. There are a lot. There are tons of them in L.A. where right. it's going to cost a lot less money. And they're they're good because they're having really great supervision. And again, if you don't like what's going on, you could you can go to the person, whoever the supervisor is or whoever is the person that, you know, put the you with that person and say, hey, intake. I, I, get a different, <laughs> I don't know a what different incept. person. Intake. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's intake coordinator. And and then, yes, like just like you said, and you can ask for somebody else if you want to switch or. Yeah, yeah. you can't because I have a friend that went through the same institute and she did not like her first person yeah. and went back and switched and the second person she's been with for a long time. So it just takes what it takes even in that capacity. Right. right? And I like that you brought up that it was psychodynamic. <clears throat> I don't even know what that means. That's just so, I just left her. So I, <laughs> I just said, what? What's that called? I wanted to know what people not in L.A. could Google and find. So when I talk to people on the phone in that first 20, 30 hour long conversation before they come in, it's do you know what type of therapy you're looking for? Because some people are looking for something very specific like cognitive behavioral, gestalt. I mean, there's so many therapies out there. So I'll say, do you know that there's different types of therapies? No. And a lot of the people I've gotten have been with somebody who is psychoanalytic or like neo-Freudian where you walk in. And the therapist is supposed to be a blank slate. They call mm-hmm. it tabula rasa. You're not supposed to, the person's supposed to imprint on you and you're supposed to be completely blank. Uh. And so that literally translates into a social situation where I open the door and I don't say anything. I wait for you to say something. Uh. And if you treat people with social anxiety, <laughs> that's just like the biggest nightmare. <laughs> so I'm, it's not my bag at it's all. I'm cognitive right. and solution focused and, but the point is when people don't know what they're looking for and they run into, they're just looking for a therapist and they find this person, they walk in the office and it appears that they're really cold. Mm. It's really off-putting. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what they're looking for or how to even ask for it, you can land in a situation That's like why that. that phone call is really important, yeah. I think, just yeah. to get to know each other. Yeah. And I, really I agree. If somebody's not willing to sit on the phone with you for a few minutes and just ask you some questions and be open to hearing what you're looking for, I think that's a red flag. Right. Um, and I think people don't even know, like you said, they don't even know what questions to ask. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you do this too, but I have a process on the phone where, you know, I say, this is how it's going to work. Like, I'm going to ask you a few questions about what's going on to you. If it seems like something I can help with, yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about me and then you can ask questions. So yeah. then they don't have to do anything. Right. They know what to expect. And then yeah. now they know what questions to ask after that. And they also know your It puts your people on the spot if you just say, well, well, you know, what are you looking for? What 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, they get yeah. to know your personality. Yeah. Exactly. I say like what, you know, what prompted you to call a therapist and that, okay, that issue, got it. I understand. I do work with that issue. Let me tell you a little bit about the therapeutic process, what I do. And this is the kind of therapy I do. This is what some other kinds of therapy are like. And if, are you looking for something like this, like that, you know, I'll refer them out. Sometimes I get people who are like, you know, first and foremost, I'll ask, are you using insurance? Mm -hmm. Because I'm actually out of network. I used to be in network and now I'm not because it ended up that I was actually paying to see my clients oh by my. the time I was done with rent and parking. Yeah, it was insane. I showed Anthem the the uh, totals and they were like, okay, we'll let you out of contract. It was unbelievable how little they were really? reimbursing their people. This was several years ago. Um, but so anyway, I'll ask them, are you using insurance? Yes, we have to use insurance. Okay, no problem. If you want, you can email me a list of the providers in your area and I'll let you know if I know any of them. Right. And I'm happy to do that, even though they're not going to be my client. I, you know, especially when you're treating adolescents, you know, would you like to just bring your child to somebody that you have no clue who they are? And no, you know, so of course not. yeah. So I'll always look at the list and say, I know these five people. They're fantastic. They take your insurance. Right. Try one of them. Right. You know, I have so many questions from what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I can remember all of them. What questions should someone ask a therapist? What should someone ask or what would be should is a big word. What would be some good questions to ask if you were looking for a therapist? It's a great question. What comes up for you? Well, one of the things that it's so funny because you can tell where people have been and how bad they've at it. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what type, I always say, what type of therapy do you do would be a great question okay. if they don't know, you know, to ask it. And that way you can narrow it down because for instance, um, psychoanalytic people usually like to see their clients four or five times a week. Oh, yeah. And that's <clears throat> right. very expensive and it's hard, it, but it's a very specific type of therapy. And the people that attend that therapy are seeking that therapy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it works for them. And it works for them. Totally. It's like super Woody Allen approach, but that's their, you know, that's their deal. And that's what really works for them. So it, but I like to let them know, like, you need to ask up front, is it, I like to tell people I use a very um, collaborative approach. If you, I typically see people once a week. I like mm -hmm. to start and tell them so they can ask their therapist, you know, how often would I have to come see you? Yeah. You know, the response to that is it depends on the issue. I typically see people once a week. If you're in crisis and you need to make another appointment, I will make that appointment with you no problem. Right. But the point of therapy is to help you get your own wings so you could fly. Right. So it's not to create a dependency. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to see that go down. Mm -hmm. And I'll typically tell people as they go on, you're doing pretty well. I think you might want to skip a week and see how you feel. And if right. you want to come back, great. I'm holding the spot for you. So you're not going to worry about losing your time spot. But, you know, let's see how you feel. So I think asking about quantity of times kind of narrows down mm -hmm. type of therapist. And right? it reminds me too of, you know, I, I would ask, well, how do I know if it's working? Yeah, that's another Because thing. I yeah. think there are, I mean, there are some therapists and the model is just you kind of come forever. Right. <laughs> you know, and like for me, I want to have there be a really specific goal. Quantifiable. I tend, yeah, I tend to not be the kind of person that works with people forever. It's fine if someone, sometimes it just really does help to just hear yourself think once a week. You know, mm -hmm. I get that, but I tend to work with people. I even, I even sell packages of eight because it just is kind of nice to have we know we have these eight and there's like a beginning, middle and end of that eight. That doesn't yeah. mean we're not going to do another eight, but like you settle in, you don't have to worry every week of like, am I going to go again? How should I be? And then you, you have an end point. It's like, okay, so this is where we've come. Right. 
do we what are we going to do now? Same right. goal we're still working on. Are we going to switch it? I don't know. That's just for me. Most people, since I offer that, like it. Right. Also, because it's discounted, right. you know, yeah, to that do makes that. Sense. Yeah. Well, the smart thing about that to me is as someone who's seeking therapy, uh, it that's a scary commitment mm-hmm. to think, uh, will I be here forever? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I've been with this therapist for a long time because I choose to be. Right. Because I... I don't know that I like to hear myself talk every week. No, think. Hear myself think. But yes, I do like to hear myself think. And I don't have a mom mentor mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. So she is my mom mentor figure. Mm-hmm. That's part of her role for me is that I don't have that. So I, I, in the very beginning, when I first started working with her, I had three specific things I wanted to work on. One was I was in a very toxic work relationship and I wanted to understand why. The second one is I had fallen in love with a very interesting human being and I wasn't sure <laughs> mm-hmm. how to be married because mm-hmm. I am the product of now seven divorces mm-hmm. and I don't understand that model. You should get an award for that So, <laughs> So I was like, I don't think that I do this well. So because I was cycling through guys and I finally went, I think I, this one may be the one and I need help. And the third one was I don't have a female role model. I don't have a mentor for life skill human being stuff so those i knew that 18 years ago when i started seeing her and i worked through so many issues about not being able to be in a relationship and being in this toxic relationship with a friend who happened to be exactly like my mother Mm -hmm. she helped me figure all that out and then helped me work through a lot of childhood stuff and now most of the time i'm there going okay this is what's going on with my kid Mm-hmm. This is how I'm parenting it. What do you think? Like last week, I went in and went, I just did this. Georgia's playing softball. She's a sophomore. And she joined the team last year as a freshman. She played none. She's the least experienced kid on the kid, on the team. But they said, you know, you work hard for us. We'll work hard for you. And eventually you'll be starting. Awesome. So her first ball, ball game is... <laughs> last Saturday and I can tell she's anxious she has anxiety problems we've been to therapy for anxiety and she does a really good job managing it but I could tell she was worrying Mm -hmm. just a little whir of anxiety (laughs) so I say to her uh I'm so excited for your first game and she goes yeah yeah and she's about to start crying and I go (laughs) you know I just need to tell you this I am so proud of you because you are working so hard and you've joined this team and you didn't know what you were doing and you've worked for a year and you sat on the bench and you've been this awesome cheerleader and now you're starting and I'm just so proud of you. It speaks to so much to who you are as a person that you believe in yourself and I'm seeing her unravel a little bit and I'm in my brain I'm going, wait, I'm saying everything positive. I'm doing everything right. I don't understand what's happening. Expectations, expectations. And I, no, I, no, I even said, I don't care what ha- I don't care if you drop every ball. I don't care if you strike out every inning. I don't care. I'm just so proud of you that you've worked this hard to get to this place. I'm so proud. And she closes the door and I'm like, okay, I, I screwed that up. And I don't really know what I did. I was, I was like, I was trying to be so supportive. And so I, I go to Jackie and I say, this is what I did. And she went, oh, you fire hosed someone with anxiety problems. First rule of anxiety, people, no fire hosing. And I went, seriously? But it was all positive. She went, Leanne, you are too intense. Here's what you should have said. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see you in the game. Let me know if you need something. Right. And I went, really? Because I thought I was giving her all these compliments. She went, 
wrong personality. Wrong personality. You could have done that for someone like you. Right. But your daughter is not like you. And she hears anxiety, anxiety, intensity, intensity, intensity. And then she's like in this frayed place. And she was. I made her. I like worked her into a froth. And I didn't mean to. So... (laughs) I would never have figured that out if I hadn't Mm. gone to Jackie. And Jackie Mm -hmm. knows my whole family from birth through me. And that was like a shortcut for me. So now this whole week, I've been paying attention to how I talk to her about everything. And she has become so much more relaxed in every part of our relationship. I did not know I was fire hosing her. Because I am an intense person. She also had that first game that she participated in, right? Yes. So the unknown of that is now over too. It's over, yes. Yes. And, but I was just like, thank God I go to therapy. That's what I said. It's such a good example of why people do keep going because it's like parenting is one of those examples. Every week week you're going to have something that you just want to, especially if you don't have an experience or paradigm of what the right thing is. I don't. How are you supposed to know if you don't, take it in and workshop it and talk about it yeah. with someone who, you know, and still the, the therapist might be wrong sometimes too. I mean, it's yeah, not a matter, sure. but it's just a matter of that ongoing conversation of how you're thinking about things and getting yeah. a different perspective. Right. It's about support. Yeah. I feel like you need support. And so many women in my imagination, whether this is true or not, have their mom, mm-hmm. you know, to go, Oh mom, this is going on. Help me figure this out. And mm-hmm. mom can help because mom's experience. Hi, I don't, I don't have that. Right. So then mm-hmm. I had to, that's why I stay in therapy is that I, from time to time, stuff comes up from my childhood. I go, I thought I was finished with this <laughs> and here it comes again. But if, if that were my goal for therapy, I would have stopped a long time ago right. because I feel like I can manage those things is that stuff where I go, Oh yeah, that was a shortcut. It's worth every minute. For me to get that shortcut with my daughter because yeah. I don't want to negatively affect her by being right. This. That wasn't your goal at the outset. No. Right. But it but it was the outcome. Right. right? But it also is a good point because there are some things that are just those really big things that are that are impairing your life. Those yeah. things that's like, why does this keep happening? Whatever that pattern is, and it's like, I gotta figure this out. And that's a reason to go that maybe does have an end. Right. You know, maybe there is this, oh, okay, so I get that. You get the epiphany. You get the epiphany. You don't need to do that anymore. But then there are things, you know, like marriage. Right. Yeah, yeah. That may just, it might be a good thing to keep going for a longer period of time. And and like you said, parenting. And so that's, that's the question. That's one of the good questions is like, so what are we doing? What are we working on? And then again, that can change, but you just want to keep it in mind so that, that, there is a goal like that you're aligned towards a goal. And again, there can be another one you add to it or you can change it. But it does. It feels weird to me when it, sometimes it can people can just say, well, I've been going for such a long time and it's really unstructured and it's just kind of whatever comes up that day. But I'm not really sure. I don't feel like I'm getting anything. Right. You know, right. I hear that from people like I feel yeah. like I, I don't I don't get anything anymore. I'm like, well, what are you trying to get? Right. You know? Yeah. My my answer to that has always been. It, it is a red flag if you are trying to separate from a therapist and they won't let you separate. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like if, if you ever had anybody mm-hmm. come to you and they come, came to you from somebody else who wouldn't let them go. Uh, I really haven't. I mean, uh, that would make me mad. Actually. It, it <laughs> yeah. made me very mad. I had someone come to me and they were like, I tried to terminate and I told my therapist I wanted to stop. And she was like, you need one more session. And to really process through the termination, she came and she's like, there's other reasons why you should be in therapy. I mean, she felt mm. so guilty for leaving. I said, 
therapy should never cause you more anxiety than the reason that right. you presented to come to it in the first place. You right. know, that's not okay. Right. It was really not okay. So I think it's huge for me to say, you know, if I have a client and they came to me for a specific issue, they work through that issue, they're feeling great, you know, I'll tell them, you know, you've this was your goal when you came in. How do you feel about it now? Right. Great. Done. Great. Would you like to take a break? Right. You don't have to keep coming every single week. Right. You know, most of the time they're like, no, well, let's wait a little bit, it, it, which is fine. It's totally up to them. Right. But I tell them you can come like, especially from seeing adolescents, I'll see them and then their schedule will get busy and then I'll see them during the summer. Right. You know, especially right before school again, or I'll see them before they go to college. I'll see them when they come back from their colleges, you know, like during winter breaks, always flooded with, you know, those people. people yeah. But it's, it's okay to be sporadic once you've worked on your core issues and you're feeling good mm -hmm. to be used as a touchstone. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no problem with people doing that because that's kind of the purpose. It's like, up, oh, checked in. Yeah. You know, they'll come back and say, I'm dating someone. I'm not sure if it's the person I want to marry. I want to really work on that. Great. Done. Problem solved. Bye-bye. Right. You know. I don't think people know that. Know that a, a good therapist, a, um, an ethically good therapist, their goal is to get you healthy and on your way. Mm -hmm. Right. I think people think they you you want to keep them tethered. like amy right. said you don't want to create dependency exactly no. that's that's un it's just wrong it's unethical say unethical but yeah. it's just wrong it's kind of unethical yeah. If, yeah. i mean if your job yeah. is to free people from right. their burdens problems right. issues then it would be unethical for you to go no no, no i need that paycheck right you know yeah. and one of the things i think that is interesting i think you one of you were talking about um just being on the phone but you know those touchstone moment touchstone moments especially with college kids. Yeah. You know, the phone works. Yeah. I mean, the phone is actually an intimate way. I actually don't love when it's FaceTime or Skype or whatever, because I think it tends to be distracting. It is. Like you end up looking up someone's nose or whatever. Right. But the <laughs> phone is actually really an intimate connection, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, especially for those times when someone's away and they just want to, I want to, I got to work this issue yeah. real yeah. quick. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So then um, how... Well, I, dang it, I had another question from our conversation. <laughs> I wish I had my notepad. I should have written it down. Um, how would someone find an institute? What would you Google if you were Googling something like the Wright Institute? What would you Google? Like psychotherapy clinic or... Or just psychotherapy, like individual therapy. Los Angeles, put the town in, you know, put okay. the area where you want to be. I mean, tons of but stuff will come up. therapists usually instead of the clinic that yeah so you know you're you right you're right the word clinic yeah in there too good Somewhere point clinic. yeah therapy yeah. clinic okay. los angeles therapy clinics you know wherever sherman oaks therapy clinic wherever you are right but also yeah. once you get one ask them because they'll know too <laughs> right. who are the other ones in in town this area. Yeah, that's a good yeah. piece of advice so as someone who has been in therapy um therapy can be really scary mm -hmm. right so talk to me about when a, a client is feeling resistance to therapy because they don't like what they're feeling. And the difference between that and it not being a good fit as a therapist, because there's got to be a difference. There's times when I'm in therapy and I'm like, I don't want to feel that nasty feeling, but I never <laughs> have the instinct to leave. So you're saying when you're already, you've decided to do it, you're yeah. in therapy. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such a great point because if you're in therapy and you have a relationship where you trust your therapist, uh-huh. Which is key. If you don't have that, then what I'm about to say won't matter. But right. then 
your therapist can normalize that because it absolutely is a thing that happens like that place you don't want to go. Probably calling to you for a reason. But I tend to say, you know what, that seems like it's important, but you'll know when it's time. Right. You'll know when it's time to go there. So, you know, maybe it's not. And but to call attention to it, because it often is the thing, you know, where the most resistance is, is where the most reward will be. Right. I get that a lot with grown men. You do? Mm-hmm. They get to the place where they're about to cry. And they stop. And they stop. Mm-hmm. And I know when I know my client well enough, I can tip them in that direction. Right. <laughs> or not. Right. Um, You know, and I always look like if it's like right at the end of the session, I don't want them leaving going, you know, in a puddle of mess where they just feel terrible and, you know. Yeah. Um, But if it's, you know, towards the beginning or middle of the session, I'll go there with them. Yeah. And you just make that observation like you look really sad right now mm-hmm. and then whoosh. <laughs> um you know but I, I think you just have to know you know if you, like you said if you're with somebody that you trust and you're working with and you know when you can safely lead them back to feeling okay again right right then you know I go there with them if it's something that I can see that they're really resisting you know, it's really acknowledging when you're ready to go there, you'll go there. Right. There's no reason to push it. Right. But I'm here, you know, it's just kind of listening to you brings up a really important point to me, which is that I think um, sometimes in therapy, the therapist doesn't know how to help you put yourself back together. Mm -hmm. And I think like this actually was a conversation I was having yesterday with someone just that Sometimes a therapist just insisting on going to the place that's like, you had this childhood trauma, you had this childhood trauma, this is the only thing we're going to talk about. The therapist gets hooked on it and it starts to feel not helpful to, if it doesn't come organically, yeah, it might be important, but if it's just being forced on you and it's not in the moment, then it's going to start to feel like, I don't want to go there. And like just dredging up the past and being negative, I walk out and I feel worse. I feel mad at my mom. I feel I I leave therapy and I don't feel better. And look, that might happen sometimes, but over it shouldn't happen too often that you don't find some way out of the stuff that feels bad to take a piece of it to use to feel better. Right. That's the whole point. And yeah, it's almost like you're creating an unnatural resistance that wasn't yes. there before because you're pushing it and you're, right. not, you're not letting them bring it to you. I think there's a delicate dance between, real. I mean, our goal is to want our clients to feel better. Sure. That's the whole goal. Is to heal. And so if you see something and quite often we'll see something that they don't see and right. they're not willing to see and you know you could unwrap that Christmas present early and make it happen for them, but then <laughs> they're not doing the it. work. And then they're not going to get it because they're just going to kind of take what you say instead of experience the actual, you know, healing from opening it themselves. It's a dance between not wanting to push them too much, but really helping lead them there. Right. And, you know, you have to know when so that you're not pushing them and pushing your own agenda, because when you force an agenda on someone, they're just going to feel like they're not heard. They're not validated. They're not seen. You're not recognizing how scary it is for them. But I think that's the thing I hear the most from people who had previous therapists they didn't like. Yeah. Is just that the therapist was just sure that this was it. Right. And mm. this is what they wanted to talk about. And I felt like. Right. And, and look, I mean, maybe the therapist, obviously it was something important. Right. Yeah. The fact that your dad was abusive, it's important. Right. But, but it's not everything. It's not it's everything. it's not happening for you right now. Exactly. Yeah. And it may come back to that. Right. It may circle back to that, but you weren't ready to talk about it. Right. Then. 
Yeah. I think it's really important for people to be able to talk to us and say, I don't like where this is going. I'm right. not happy taking it there. I, I don't really feel, you know, I, I've had people say to me, and I think it's amazing that they feel comfortable enough to say it to me. No, that doesn't really, you know, I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't really sit with me. That That's not really what I'm feeling. It's really more like this. And mm -hmm. I'll thank them and say, you know, the, thank you. That's helping me get to where you are. But if they can't say it and they don't feel comfortable enough saying like, no, I don't think it's quite mm -hmm. that, that kind of sort of is, you know, tipping close to where I am, but not quite. My job is to help them go there. Right. So help them figure out what it is right. if that's not it. I yeah. know that happens with me sometimes with my therapist. She'll say, well, let's talk about this that happened, you know, when you were eight. And I right. go, nah, that's not it. Right. Because it hits you mm -hmm. and you know whether it's it or not. Right. And really, I think the, the, the relationship of a therapist and their client should be a team effort, mm -hmm. right? It's like going to a physical therapist. Uh, you still have to do your portion of the work. Right. And I think so, I find people that I know that have been in therapy for years and have made no changes is because they have made no changes. Right. And maybe the therapist isn't effective. Perhaps I'm not in the therapy session, but I keep thinking, huh, I've heard you talk about this, talking to your therapist about this many, many times. So either you're with a bad therapist or you're not doing your homework. Because, right. I mean, is that valid? Yeah. And I mean, two things come up for me when I hear you say that. One is that you are the expert in your own life, right. not the therapist. Right. And some therapists do come across like experts. And to me, that's that, that's the wrong power Dynamic. balance. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you're, the expert is there to help you understand your own self more, but you're the expert. Right. But then the other thing that does happen is Sometimes the client does want the therapist to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if you like if I feel like I'm working too hard, you know, I'll bring that up because that it can't it, it's not about the therapist fixing it or doing the work. You have to it's you the therapist is your catalyst support. Yeah. And, but and following your lead really. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have lots of tools and things and you know, things that you write out in physical. So I mean, I can be really help and prompt it's not like just the therapist just the, the client comes in and just whatever they want to talk about like I can be directive but you can't feel like you're doing more work than the client exactly right yeah. and also you have to know who your client is I mean I have clients who are oh my god they're just vigilant about doing their they, they want a journal yeah and, you know I'm reading pages and pages mm -hmm. of what they bring in and I mean it's fantastic that they're doing it and they're getting to what they need to get to and yeah. I have clients who are like I don't like homework. I don't do homework. Don't right. give me homework. I'm like, right. okay, great. Then the work's going to happen in the room. Right. You know, and it's fine, but you have to know if they're willing for that, you know, like. Right. Do you ever have a client where you go, they're just not doing the work? Oh, yeah. I've gotten those. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do? <laughs> do you just continue? There's this, I thought about being a therapist for a long time and I thought, I think I would probably kill somebody who just showed up every week and complained about the same thing and made no personal progress. I think I would probably die. That I haven't had. I mean, I think that comes up more. I don't know about you, but for me, it comes up more with people in bad relationships uh, that they're not willing to leave. Uh, um, but there's an awareness that they're not willing to leave it. Mm -hmm. And so we talk more about it's not about forcing them to leave. You know, I know the person that they're with is not treating them well and not great for their self-esteem. They know it. There's no it's not my agenda to make them leave their relationship. My agenda is to help them feel better about themselves so they make better choices. Right, right, right. They'll flat out tell you, 
I know this is not right for me, but I can't stop doing it. But and that feels different to me than that. Like, because I feel like there's something powerful still for them every time they come yeah. with the intention of being different. And then they're like, "Ugh, I'm still not there yet. Because it doesn't, it feels like they want they to. Want to yeah. They want right. to. Right. And they're admitting it. Right. But they also want you to tell them to leave the person. I mean, that's a good point too. Right. You know, so, right. And I'm like, that's not my, <laughs> I can't. It's I like can't. a kid, right? Uh -huh. It's exactly the same thing. It's got to yeah. be your idea. So I'll, so I'll tell them, look, I'm not here to make you do anything. Right. You know, so if you need to take a break and couple, so I've had people take a break and then when they've left that relationship because of whatever, you know, usually blew up and yeah. they couldn't save it anymore. Right. And they come back and they're willing to do the work before they meet the next one. Right. You know, Right. But interesting. It's bringing up someone who I had really early on in my career who it's so vividly in my mind because I was so uncomfortable and I was so just new to it. And at the time I was working with um, people with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so and it was actually through a nonprofit. So people weren't paying. So it just kind of it was just felt a little different in that you just wanted to help in any way. But there yeah. was this one woman who just would not get out of her story of just all the things in her life that were wrong and just her her there was just so much that she was a victim of that wasn't even about the illness that she had and as a therapist i just can remember everything i tried i just couldn't get her to change one bit and now i look back on it and real way sooner i would have said you know what i just don't i don't feel like i'm helping you right. i feel like we're doing the same thing and i feel like I mean, I'm glad it happened early in my career mm -hmm. because I spent too many sessions being uncomfortable thinking I was failing her. Right. Mm. And I, I should have just earlier just been like, you know, I here's what here's everything we've tried, everything I've tried. And I don't I just don't feel like you're getting what you need. Right. I don't know that she really ever would. No, because she's entrenched in that story. It, yes. And that's what she feels yes. comfortable in. Yeah. But um, but a, a therapist hard. should do that. I yeah. mean, if, if it, there isn't movement. Right. The therapist should say, look, let's try someone else. I think 100%. you should try someone else because the way I'm working is just not helping you. That brings up a huge point. Ego. Ego. I have, mm -hmm. I have experienced mm -hmm. therapists with ego beyond, beyond mm -hmm. reason. You mean some therapists have uh, yeah, and in, they're uh, unwilling, unhealthy egos? And they're unwilling to say, <laughs> you know, this isn't working and I want right. you, I want you to get healthy. And if this isn't working for you and you're not feeling movement, it's okay to go see somebody else. Yeah. I think you should be able to say that. Yeah. You know? I think you should too. Yeah. As yeah. a therapist, you would want a therapist who would be able to say that, mm -hmm. you know. I have a question for you then that this reminds me of. Um, like, what would you say to, I mean, there are certainly therapists who are, they're, they're working their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So what would, how, what, I mean, and I'll answer it too, but it just like, how does someone know when the therapist's kind of own stuff is getting in the way of the clients. Oh, I've had clients come to me and say that they had a therapist who they knew too much about. Oh. And I was like, that's not. Mm -hmm. I, I had one person come to me and say, is it normal for the therapist to have a child in the room? And I was like, what? No. Look, your, no. I said, your child? Like, were you, did you bring your child? She's like, no, their child, they couldn't get childcare. And she was six and they put headphones on her. And I was like, are you joke? Is this a joke? Am I being punked? Right. <laughs> I mean, can yeah, I have no. the name please? Because that's reportable. Like, are, you're kidding, right? That they, no, that's not okay. No. So if you're looking for a therapist, that's right. not okay. That's not okay. If there's no. a child um, in the room, headphones or no, not okay. <laughs> 
you know, so people, I've had people that have had bizarre experiences like that, but I think knowing too much, I had, I had someone come in and tell me that their therapist kept talking about their own child and their experiences with their child and how it related to the client's child. Um, but at, which, so, I mean, I'm a little Rogerian, like I, mm-hmm. I believe in unconditional positive regard and I believe in being authentic and genuine mm-hmm. and being a human, not and a blank being slate human. Yeah. A hundred percent. But Given that, mm-hmm. my clients don't know how many children I have, where they go to school, what their experiences are, if I'm married or not, except for the obvious right. ring on my finger. You know, they don't know if I'm in a same-sex marriage, and, right. uh, you know, if I, my partner's male. They don't know those things about me because it is not important. Right. You know, there are some questions they ask me that I will answer point blank because I've used to see a lot of women with postpartum. Do you have children? And I will say, yes, I do. You know, so, I mean, there's certain things that, Mm-hmm. They can't get past that because it's important to them right. to know that I've had that experience. I understand. And so I'll share that with them. But I've really, in my practice, and I, I don't know about you, I've never had anybody cross the line or be inappropriate and ask for information they shouldn't mm-hmm. have. So, And I've never had someone come in and say, like you said about the previous therapist, something that illustrated what I was asking you. It's like, I know that it happens, but I like I even just think back to being in graduate school, like some of those people in there, I'm like, oh gosh, oh. you're going to go in. Oh, and you're going to have clients. Oh, this is not good. Wait, how but else, I don't, do you remember taking your oral exams? I didn't have to do orals. You didn't have to do orals? Mm-mm, because, okay. Mm-mm. Oh my God. I t- when I took my oral exams, they tell you, you must dress in the fashion that you would if you were seeing a client. Hmm. That's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. There were people that came in in jean cutoffs, what? a crop top. What? And no way. I am not joking. <laughs> I mean, that I is crazy. You. I <laughs> wish I were joking. I was literally on the phone with one of my other friends who was lining up to take their orals. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Thank God for oral exams because, I mean, who would miss it? It's in every, instru- like the instructions were very clear. <sighs> That's crazy. Business that crazy. casual, exactly how you would come into your setting. You know, <laughs> going, So what do you say about <gasps> someone who's like Dr. Phil? Oh, what kind don't. of therapist is he? <laughs> Is he? A, he is a therapist, don't get right? Me started. I can't. Speak yeah, well, I don't know what his credentials are. Actually, I feel like his credentials were revoked at one point. No way. No, in at least the state of Texas. Oh, I don't know, know, but I, I, I don't. don't know. I don't know. I, I've heard many stories about him. Oh yeah. yeah. And I've never. I've. I mean, I've seen snippets here and there, but I don't really know enough about him to say to be anything other than. I think he falls to me under the pop psychology genre. You know. Interesting. I mean, I. You know. Oh. Oh. Facts are. Oh, thank you. The facts of yeah. what? He has a PhD. Oh, which does, uh, but he is not licensed. licensed as a psychologist. Uh-huh. So you can get a doctor. Uh, he used to be licensed. Uh-huh. He cannot practice psychology, and what he does is not actually the practice of psychology. But he can call himself Doctor Phil. Yes. Well, there because he yeah. has a doctorate. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So okay. I'll, there you go. I'll keep so, my mouth shut for any Doctor Phil lovers out there because. I mean, you know, I'm no, sure I learned he has a lot from Doctor Phil, but not, not in a more in an advice capacity. Yes, than a psychotherapy capacity. You know, he said some stuff to me where I went, "Oh, that's really good advice. I'm going to keep that advice right. not to me." But I've watched the show long, long, long time ago yeah. where I was like, he was talking about holidays being important in your family culture mm-hmm. and why, and why that kind of was a kind of a. Um, a predictable family together. Everybody loves each other. 
kind of rhythm of the family and how positive that was for family culture. And I was like, I'm going to take that. I don't oh know if that's God. true that's or not. Most but- of my, like my set, my client load booms around holiday time. It's <laughs> <laughs> not loving out there. Well, there's so many movies made on that, right? The, the intention, the intention. Okay. I'm I got home intention. for Christmas. Please help me. I have to see my family. Yeah. I mean, it's hysterical. I never it's thought so about true. it like that. I feel the same way. I'm I mean, always like Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here come the in-laws and my dad. At yeah. the same time. Let's think hysterical. about all the movies. There's some hysterical yeah, movies. There are so many. Oh, yeah. You're right. Okay, so yeah. never mind. So that was not no, good. No, 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 advice. But, but it's very funny. It's just so I think it's really take what you like and leave the rest. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's about everybody. I mean, there's been teachable moments, you know, from so many different people in my life that didn't. I mean, Maya Angelou was a huge influence to me. She's not a therapist. Mm-hmm. But well, she's had some quotes, Frida Kahlo. I mean, there's people out there that have had some deep, meaningful things that have said to me about life and just struck me in a way that really resonated for me. And I'm sure he's had those moments with people, which is fantastic. Well, and the Dr. Feel thing reminds me of what we said earlier, which is at least like shining a light on something that Mm -hmm. feels really wrong and seeking an outside perspective of, is this normal? Like, is this okay? Like, it feels like that's the few times I've seen it. There's just been a lot of that going on. Like, this is not how you treat your son. This is not an appropriate thing for whatever it is. And that if you feel like something's really off, but you don't know what it is, that's a great time to go ask a professional. Right. True. But just so people listening know, Dr. Phil <laughs> is not what therapy looks like. Correct. My therapy doesn't look anything like the Dr. Phil show. There's no like, do you see stupid on my forehead? My, yeah. uh, my therapist doesn't talk <laughs> like that. She really does what you're describing, where yeah. she will lead me to figure things out for myself. Which is the only way that you can gain true self-esteem. It has to be intrinsic, right? It can't be extrinsic. It has to be intrinsic. You have to learn it yourself. It's the good questions. Yeah, It's it's asking the good question that then it's your answer as the client. But it's asking the question that maybe you didn't think of or you don't feel safe answering for anyone else. And and knowing that you're going to you're not going to be judged at all by what your answer is. And in fact, it's actually it's a puzzle. It makes sense. Like mm-hmm. why people are the way they are and behave the way they behave mm-hmm. and think the way they think. There's a, it's a puzzle that you can put together and feel like, ah, oh, right. I get it now. Right. It didn't serve me and it didn't make sense, but I get it. And now I have an opportunity to do something different. That's such an excellent visual too, because if you picture doing a puzzle with somebody and the other person's just like, here, I gathered these, these are all in the similar color range. Let's see what you do with them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really kind mm-hmm. of what our role is. You know, yeah. like, here are the edge pieces. Yeah. Why don't you try and take it from there? Yeah. You need help? Let me give you one of these. Does that help? You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. so good. It, it yeah. really is. Well, it's is a great analogy because mm-hmm. that's what our work is. You yes. know, and, and then when they finally put that piece in and they feel so good about it, you can sit there and revel in their accomplishment with them. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and it's theirs. And it's don't theirs. you agree that... I mean, I've just never had a time when it wasn't that there, there is a reason mm-hmm. like oh, there is a, a there's going to be a, oh, thank God I understand that now. It's yeah. so helpful and it just feels so good. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, I can't really move does. forward until I understand something. That's the way my brain works. Well, you don't. I you can't. literally go on re- yeah. repeat. Right. If, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, why I, I tell my kids that I see like <laughs> teenagers, I see, you know, go read the back of your shampoo bottle. Wash, rinse, repeat. Right. Wash, rinse, repeat. How do you know when to stop? You know, and they laugh at me. I'm like, you got to be the one to, to figure out when you're going to stop. Right. 
You and know? what's making you wash, rinse, repeat? What's making right. you right. do that cycle? So once yeah. you figure that out, like when I started with my therapist, I said, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know why I'm in this writing partnership with a person who is exactly like my mother. I know she's like my mother. She's treating me like my mother. I don't, I, I know everything and I keep showing up. <laughs> why? I don't understand why. My sentence told my sentence. My therapist told me why, and it and it stopped. She said, "This is what you understand love to be, mm-hmm. and until you understand love to be something else, you'll keep doing this right. over and over in all areas of your life." And I went, "Oh, this is over. Right. This is not <laughs> what love is to me. I have a choice. I don't know how to get get out of this in this moment, but yeah. within three months, I was out of it." I had yeah. given her the rights to all of everything we wrote. I was like, it's worth not making one dime off anything we've written to have myself back. So, yeah, and I was like, bye-bye. It's funny. I think sometimes we're used as tra- transitional objects. Yes. You know, yes. where we, we're we the safe person that they can lean on. In, in You know, it's like they, oh God, who is it? Lisa Damore has this great book. We've talked about it, The Untangled, mm-hmm. right? For the girls. And it talks about, you know, the kids being in the middle of a swimming pool, mm-hmm. you know, the teenage phase. And then when they, you know, they're flailing around and every once in a while they'll come to the edge and we're the edge and we hold it for them as parents and they push off of us and they kick us in the stomach as they push off into yeah, the right. middle again. You know, as therapists, I think we are often used as that kind of transitional object as well, where somebody comes in and they're having an issue and they're like, can I trust you with this? Mm-hmm. Can I give you this unbelievably deep, dark, scary secret that I have about me being a failure in my life where everything is perfect and everybody else thinks I'm doing it right? right. Can I trust you with this thing that I have? Mm-hmm. And you hold on to it for them and they figure it out and they walk away going, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and they use you as that kind of cane or walking stick or what whatever they need to use you as mm-hmm. until they can actually walk on their own. Right. Because know? think about if you, you knew something was up, you yeah. had the insight, right? Yeah. Which doesn't change behavior, right? No. You can know it and still that's the thing. Right. <laughs> if you didn't have a therapist mm-hmm. and you just decided, I'm just going to do something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have taken so many trial and errors and like, why not have someone who can help you be like, this is, how does this, like, ask the right questions. How does this feel? Is this, I mean, to do that on your own, it can just save you so much time to have someone doing it with you. It's a shortcut. She's not telling you what to do. She's just telling you how to ask yourself how it feels and is it serving you and right. how you're thinking about That's it, exactly what other options are, and right? That. How is this serving yeah. you? Yeah. It's like one of my favorite questions. And like you do them. have a choice here, yeah. even though it doesn't feel like you do because it was a matter of life and death before. that right. you, you didn't have a choice about your mom when she was your mom. Right. No. You would have starved. Right. Yes. That's and, right. And died in a corner of right. lack of anything. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but now... It's just like, why wouldn't you have right. someone who can help you with that yes. when you know you're ready? That's they like make the, the observation. This yeah. is a mm-hmm. recapitulation of that relationship. It's not the same relationship. You can walk away from this mm-hmm. one and yes. you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I knew you know? all of that yeah. and right. still couldn't do it because I didn't understand the why. Right. I needed to know why I was repeating this because she was not the first friend that I'd had the same cycle with. Right. And so I didn't do it with men. I only did it with women. Gee, mm-hmm. right. that's surprising. <laughs> And so I either stayed away from women entirely or got in cycles with women where I was like, I'm just freaking, I'm the doormat here. And I don't, I I actually think more of myself than that. And all these other things 
aren't aligning with my behavior. So why am I doing that? And until she told me the why, I couldn't take action. And, you know, maybe she shouldn't have told me that and had me come to that myself, but I don't really care. But it worked for you. No, there are times when you just say it and see if it, if it's 100%. It was like the heavens opened. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, it's over then. If that's what I'm telling myself, we're stopping today. I I don't think that's her giving you an answer that you should have come to on your own. I think that's her saying like, perhaps it's this. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then you click. It's like going on the wheel of of fortune. Oh my God. That's it. Right. Yeah, that's it. You know, that That is what, that's what I was saying about when you're working with somebody and you hit on something, if it doesn't resonate with them, great, no problem. Move on. That's part of the process. But when you find it Mm -hmm. and the heavens open and you Mm -hmm. hear a loud crack. Yeah. Yeah. That should happen sometimes yep. in therapy. That's probably Especially another because, indicator, like, right? That's a perfect example of that's maybe the most common thing that you see in therapy. I yeah. mean, it's something like that, that like you you got wired that way from your your in main interactions in childhood, usually your mother. And then that's what you're keeping on doing about love. So when it's something like that and the therapist says, by the way, this is a really common thing. Right. Like, right. It happens. How do, She's not necessarily saying is this she's asking like, right. yeah, yeah. Does this sound because it's a thing? it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like and then it's like, oh, this is a thing. I yeah. get it. Like now it all makes sense. Like, yeah. I think that's another piece of the journey of life. I think that we as teenagers and young 20 year olds think we're the only person who's yeah. had this experience, whatever yeah. that experience may right. be. Um, losing a balloon to your <laughs> younger sister's balloon being popped. We think we're the only person who's yeah. gone through that. And when you go to someone, well, first of all, I think if you talk to other people, you find out you're not the only person if you're right. an open person, mm-hmm. but not everybody's comfortable being an open book. And that's totally, of course, fine. But then if you go to someone like you who says, by the way, this is a thing, maybe you should read this book. Yes, exactly. And see how you feel after reading right. this book. Because that happened to me yeah. a few times in the process of my therapy. I am the, much like the fire hosing I did with my daughter, I would go into therapy and go, Tell me what I can do. Right. Give me something to read. Do I need to journal? Do I need to make a list? Can I outline something? I can give you, you a, Zen Vin, a, a Venn diagram. Yeah. Give me something. And she would say, for you, that's not the right thing to do. Right. You need to just feel it. And sit. And go through with it. And you just, you, you're going to work something to death. But for you, that's not what you need to do. Right. But every once in a while, she'd go, have you ever read this book? Mm-hmm. And of course, I would devour it in in moments. And those are the times where it was the timing. This is when she's ready for this information. Mm -hmm. How would I have found that information without someone who Mm -hmm. knew about the information? And I would always come back to her going, I'll be damned. I am not the only person that has this type of mother, this type of experience. Wow. And that knowledge makes you feel so much less alone which makes you feel a little more normal, you that's know? A, that's a mm-hmm. great point. And I think a lot of our job also is education, mm-hmm. you know? And I think mm-hmm. especially from postpartum women, mm-hmm. you know, I get so many people mm-hmm. who are like postpartum means that somebody is, you know, doing something terrible to their infant. Because, no, like, that's not only, what that means. You know, a small percentage of the people that have it yeah. have postpartum psychosis, which is, you know, that's the level you're talking about. Most of it is postpartum. Most of it's actually baby blues that transitions into postpartum. But they have very negative, very negative feelings about themselves. They have a hard time getting out of the house. They have a, so that's kind of one example of a population who just 
does not feel like they can come forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult for them and they need to more than anybody else. Yeah. So I think, you know, trusting your therapist, knowing that you have somebody that you can actually really talk to and know that they've been there before. Mm. You know, I think asking the important questions, you know, and, and like you said, having somebody who can give you that advice. So if you're, if you're trying to find somebody who, you know, you're having issues. I mean, I have people with really specific issues that I've turned away because it's not my niche, but like sports therapy, mm-hmm. you know, or a policeman, I had a policeman come to me and I'm like, you need to see somebody who deals in trauma right. and that line of work and knowing the ins and outs of the, you know. So asking about, do you have experience working with, mm. mm-hmm. you know, is a great Mm -hmm. question to ask when you're trying to find a therapist because that way you can get somebody who has the education to give to you right you know instead of somebody who's not in their depth and I think if you have somebody who's like oh sure I do that and I do that and I do that then and I would ask so what does it look like like what happens in the 50 minute session like what are we gonna do that's a great question Um, yeah yeah that's a great question and just to think about a therapist this way you would never go to a cardiologist for a knee problem. Right. You have right. to find the right person for your issue, mm-hmm. right? The right uh, specialty, sort of. I think people they think- They do have specialties, yeah. That, of course. I, um, I think people think therapists are one size fits all. Mm-hmm. That a therapist should be able to deal with uh, a psychotic person, just like they deal with a depressed person, just like they deal with a PTSD person. And there's just so many different facets to the human brain. Yeah. It's- I think it's a lack of education of the public to to think that oh, it's a one size fits all. Yeah, right. that you and have like to find cancer the right was person. a perfect example of that. Yes, that is a very specific population to work with. Right, and you know, unless you are able to say on the phone what your issue is, and then ask, and it's okay to ask because we want to be able to be matched with the right person because mm-hmm. we don't want you to go through the experience of sitting in front of us and then feeling like, well, I didn't know. You had no idea about this, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So ask, you know, I this is why I'm coming in. Or it's for my, you know, daughter. It's for my cancer. It's for a grief. I just lost my husband. I, You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is so that we can say, you know what, that's not my area of expertise, but I really want to get you, you know, if if, I, if it's not my area, I'll call all my colleagues and say, I need somebody who's grief therapy in this situation, you know, and I'll circle the wagon and find somebody and refer them as many people as I can so they can make an educated choice for themselves. Right. But, you know, that's, that's the whole goal. Right. So it's like two things I would think of the expertise that Mm -hmm. really matches what you're looking for and personality. Yeah. Just flat out personality. Right. Because it's, it is a, it's a personality fit. And you, you walk in that room and you're like, "Mm." yeah, walk out. Right. I mean, you can stay for the thing, but if you really feel it right from the beginning, you know, you don't, you know, maybe you don't want to pay for it. You could say, and yeah, Yeah. by the way, you can always say like, I've changed my mind. Yeah. Right. Totally. You can even say, if you're, if you don't want to say that, you can say, I think I left something in the car. (laughs) (laughs) whatever and never come back you know it's it's so funny to hear if you've turned somebody off i had a colleague who said she she actually referred somebody uh she had a a mother come in with a child and the child had a addiction issue and um they referred they wanted to refer them to a, a sober coach somebody to travel with the kid it was a very specific situation and i gave them somebody and apparently she expected to see the child. The child was a young adult. She expected to see somebody come in by themselves and they brought their older mother. And she didn't realize that was that's who was going to be in the waiting room. So she opened the door and she saw them and she welcomed 
the child in. I say child loosely. And he came in and then the, this woman followed him. And she was like, well, okay, uh, whatever. Uh, and he later <laughs> introduced her to be his mother. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. Uh, she then referred them to the sober coach I gave her. And I heard from the sober coach later, they refused to work with that therapist because the therapist didn't appropriately introduce herself to the mother in the waiting room. What? And the therapist had no clue mm. that mm -hmm. that was that she was with him. Mm -hmm. She was in a big a clinic setting. There were other people waiting for other therapists. And I said, wait, so you didn't introduce yourself to the woman? And she said, no. And I said, but because you didn't know she came with that client, that wasn't. She said, absolutely not. There was no mention of a parent. Right. There was no, you know, this is a, somebody who could drive themselves. You know. Yeah. And that's why they wouldn't see her again. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Personality. Yeah. Well, you know, and I thought you've got to be kidding. I said, you know, would they you didn't call? want the help. Did you want to? Huh? They just didn't want the help. No. Mm -hmm. But but the mother was very put off by it. And I said, in that situation, would you call her and just say, I'm so sorry? I And she's like, no, because I didn't hear it firsthand from her. If she had said that was very rude that you'd introduce me, then you she would have handled it, it right. Yeah. But because she heard it from the sober coach, you, told, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole thing reminds me of, I had this thing happen a few months ago where another therapist sent her client to me, mm -hmm. but he was still going to her. But... He wanted she wanted him to like specifically talk about finding a job right with me right um and you know I had I spoke with her several times just about like what kind of therapist I and I was like you know look at like I I'm really a skills based therapist and my my expertise is in resilience and so this whole thing and and I was like yeah I mean I do work with that age group all the time right. and and it's still gonna be it's gonna be what I do like I didn't and there was a disconnect between so. She was still seeing him. And so I saw him for a little while. But I, I realized after a few times that he really only wanted like it was this very narrow, narrow sliver about more practical things right. about finding a job. And I I mean, I, this is what I do. I couldn't help going into the obvious things about right. like he attempted suicide and you know these kind of things. That's what I'm supposed to do. And it just was it made me realize that when there is a referral, like you got to make sure that you both therapists and the client are like really super clear because it was a therapist I'd never met before right. about what each person is going to do. Where you begin and where right. you end. Exactly. And yeah. by the way, if the client actually takes a liking to you and your style is better than the style right. that they had for them and they didn't, usually that happens when they don't do all the research up front and they just take one person and they go to them and they right. don't look at other people. Right, right. You know. Yeah. That happens. I referred somebody to a psychiatrist because after years of working with them, I just found, you know, they were doing everything humanly possible to try and get themselves better. And they were still really depressed. And mm -hmm. I mean, two weeks being in bed, I, you know, yeah. it's ridiculous at that point. They need, they went to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist referred them out to another therapist. <gasps> I was like, seriously? Okay, <laughs> sure. You know, no problem. Yeah. Wowza. They came back to me like two years later and they were like, that was, I don't know why he did that. And I said, I don't know either. I said, but it's okay. It's not, you know, yeah. you're just following the advice of the professional the doctor, that you yeah. saw. I sent you to him. I won't send anybody else to him. Because I was like, that was really <laughs> Definitely not. It been some professional courtesy to call you and have a Nothing. discussion about it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really bizarre. Yeah. He had a very large ego. I was going to say, <laughs> sounds like that's your ego guy. It was mm -hmm. nepotism. I found out that he was actually starting oh a practice gosh. and he what? had- 
he had a therapist that started for him in his office. So he had started a new practice and oh. he had a therapist literally like renting a space from him. And he was, he, it happened to me and two other colleagues of mine, uh, one he on the West side her business. Wow. and he was building her business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is ugly. So I, uh, to me, when you put personal professional, yeah. <laughs> you know, in front of, in front of your client, you're going to lose every time. It's oh just not goodness. okay. Yeah. No, it's not okay. Yeah. So I think you two, I've not been in therapy with either one of you, <laughs> but knowing you as people, I think that you would be amazing therapists and very open and very positive and very um, amenable to whatever the person in front of you needed or wanted, whether it's to go to someone else or not. But 100%. I think people are probably really scared that most people are like the ego driven, um, not so healthy, keep you tethered therapist. So then that makes me think, Oh, I wish somehow figure out with a friend or if you just know someone else who's a therapist, but like put your therapist on the spot, ask good questions. Like, so what do you think? Explain to me how you think this right. is going. Right. Like, right. And and where are we in that? What, what can I expect? You know, so that it's not because I think people are afraid to ask. I, I think the feeling that you should have with your therapist is somebody who is fighting alongside you through the difficult times in your life. Right. Instead of somebody who you are dreading to see each oh. week. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're going like, oh, God, I have to go to therapy. That shouldn't be the feeling. Right. You yeah, know, and, and even what I just said about asking questions, actually, if you're having to do that, which seems confrontational, it's just probably not the right person. But no, but so, I think sometimes if you're struggling with an issue, and yeah. you can't get through, you can't break through. Yeah. It's so imperative to be able to ask questions and to trust us enough to be able to say like, you know, Mm, yeah. I'm not getting here. I yeah, need yeah, you yeah. to I need you to poke more. I need you to, you know. But but I think you should feel like you can trust the person you're going to see to help get you there mm -hmm. or at least be right by your, you know, right by your side as you're breaking through that scary place. Right. As opposed to, you know, oh, I don't know, I'm going to tell them this week or I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. there, there's a very there's a there's a difference between confronting the thing that is scary and 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 being a little bit reticent to do that and then working with somebody who you don't feel comfortable with. Who you're scared of. Because yeah. you know what comes yeah. up for me is just that like I I love my clients. Yeah. Like I love my clients. Yeah. My it doesn't take very long and then I just I can't yeah. say it any other way. I love them. I so want it to work out for them. I see yeah. I just you see all their potential them. and yep. all the best in them and it's like a visceral feeling and yeah. they have to feel that for yeah. me. Yeah. Even if they nothing, do. they it is the Rogerian thing you're talking yeah. about. Even if that's the only thing they feel when they come in there, they feel like they're sitting in a pool of just good feeling. Right. Right. And and I think that you can you should expect that. Yeah. yeah. You should expect that. You should feel like no matter what, we're gonna do that. We're gonna figure this out. Right. This person is gonna. They're just gonna do everything they can to figure out how they can help me get out of this corner. That they're a teammate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Not an adversary. Right. Mm -hmm. Not 100% not an adversary. Yeah. And there's just no judgment. I mean, a yeah. lot of people don't have other people in their lives where there's no judgment yeah. and no agenda yeah. except for yours and your well-being. Right. And my favorite times in session are when I get something super scary that they throw out. Like, a isn't it cute mm -hmm. when they'll start, they'll say something like, well, I've done this. <laughs> and you're like, Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> Great. You know, and well, I've done it this way. 
okay. I'm like, oh, are you trying to scare me here? Oh, you're going to have to work harder. I've seen it all. You know, like, I mean, you, you just kind of, you give them the space to be themselves. And when they start trotting out some of their big, scary things, and you're like, this is nothing. We right. got this. This is not a problem at right. all. They breathe. Yeah. It's like they can exhale. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is not, there is no, there really is no judgment. You should not be with somebody who you feel like is judging your actions 100%. That's an excellent point. You shouldn't. I mean, you really shouldn't feel like you tell them something and they look like, oh. That would be a huge red flag. Yeah, huge red flag. Yeah. yeah. I would imagine that would be a huge red flag if you feel judged or um, even if you feel stifled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you shouldn't feel stifled in a session. You should feel free yeah. to the, say whatever. The reason you feel like you can't tell them something should be your reason and not because you're afraid of their reaction. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's you know? well, well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one more question. If someone came to you, and I, I already know your answer, but I think people should hear this. <laughs> if someone came to you and said, I can only pay you $40 a session, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. But I have this problem. I want to work this out. I am so motivated. What would you say to that? Well, first of all, I think you should have the conversation. Sorry. If you no, no, no. Go. go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I love to have the phone conversation first. I think there should be a conversation and the money is the very last thing yep, of right. of are we a good fit together is so that both can understand, you know what, this is actually, this is actually a good fit. Because if I have that conversation with someone and they can't pay or they can only pay whatever it is, I'm not going to not work with them just because of the money. Right. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. Right. Now there is something to be said for, you got to have some skin in the game. Yep. Like there's a, there's a whole therapeutic thing about, you know, people value more what they invest in. Right. Totally. So there has to be a, that's a great conversation to have right from the beginning. You'll get to know each other really well is like, well, where is what feel where is the place where you're comfortable and I'm comfortable? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a tough conversation, but it's the super important one. And if you can do that right in the beginning, you right. already have the basis of a of a good trusting relationship. Right. right. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people who go through things like I had somebody who was in a really bad abusive relationship and their finances changed drastically when they went through divorce. It, it was what it was. They paid what they could pay and that was it. There right. were no questions asked. Right. And when they came back to a place where they could afford it again, they paid me what they could afford, what, what their other rate was. Right. And I didn't ask for it. Right. It was just, you need to come no matter what. Yeah. That's for the way it's sanity, been with You need to come no matter what. Yeah. So when we first started, I think she was like $35. Yeah. And then she finished her time at the Wright Institute and she was like, so I'm opening my private practice. Can you do $45? Right. And I went, yeah, right. I could, I, you know, and I still could not, I could afford it, but it $45 was a lot for me at that time. Right. I mean, Bert was asking me for 50 bucks to go play poker and I'm like, I don't got it. Right. And I don't got it, but I got $45 to go see my therapist because <laughs> yeah. I need that more than you need poker. Trust me. But uh, as we went along, we just kept having conversations. You know, we're doing a little better. I can pay you a little more. I don't, I didn't even know what her full rate was until probably no joke, like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, Because we just like, what? (laughs) I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Seriously? I've been getting away with murder. But the other part of that was uh, my gratitude at her letting us build, letting my family be the priority financially. Mm -hmm. And part of that is my mental health with her. But she wasn't about, no, 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 I need to raise you to my full rate no. right now. That's another good point. The The people I see, like they are the same rate when they the first day they see me to when they 
come back at their very last day. Uh. So if I see somebody and I saw them for issues when they were younger, I, I have a note for how much they paid. When they come back to see me again, it's that same rate. When right. they come back to see me again after they've gone to call, whatever, it's the same rate. Right. You know, if they refer someone to me, I'll tell them, this is how much my rate is now. Please don't tell them what you're paying so that, yeah. you know, it doesn't make it uncomfortable for them. But, yeah. you know, everybody gets the same deal. Whatever it was when they came to see me is what it is for them. Right. Period. You know, and that kind of just keeps the relationship. Like, I don't like raising fees. Yeah. On, it's just my own, you know, every therapist has their own little thing. Like, it's so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. the money thing. So I'm like, it is what it is. And if it's a new person, that's what my fee is. And if they can't afford it, we'll figure that out. Right. But yeah. I think a lot of people are scared of that part. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine any therapist worth their weight would be willing to say, what can you do? Right. And yeah. this is what I'm willing to do. It's a sliding scale. You exactly. And that's a great question. You ask, do you do Do you offer a sliding scale? Right. I, I think people don't call because they think the fee is the fee. Right. I really do think people don't reach for help and there because are of that number people, one reason. There are some people out there who is the fee is the fee. Mm -hmm. I'm know, sure like, there are. Yeah. And that doesn't make them a less valid therapist, but you can find one right. who will work with you yeah. is what I think a lot of people don't understand right. is they think, oh my God, it's $150 an hour. Right. I can't even and come I close say, to that. Just have, have a bunch of phone conversations. You're going to learn so much about yourself and about therapy with free phone conversations. Yeah, right. I mean, and not to take advantage of people, but just to learn and yeah. understand, you'll start to learn how people talk and how people think and what feels good and then people will work with you. Right. Yes. And some of, I mean, I've also had a lot of people call me and say, oh my God, thank you for calling me back. And I'm like, <laughs> I hear back. that a lot too. Well, from people those, are looking. People, those are the folks who are also going down the line of the people pr in their providers oh, list. Right. Yeah. And so it's under the insurance company and none of those people are calling back because they're just so busy. They don't have any time to call people back. Yeah. Okay. Here's another question. I can afford to pay you, right? Right. Where do I find you? How do I find you? I my, I have my list of providers, but I don't like anybody in my list of providers. How do I find a therapist? Like I found both of mine, like I said, through this clinic. Right. So I don't know how a person who can go, you know what? I could pay a hundred bucks an hour. I need this help. How do you find someone? You know, when I was looking for someone for Bert, <laughs> I went to psychologytoday.com. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Psychology Today. Uh, really? Or word of mouth. I mean, a lot of times. Yeah. It's, do you have a psychology today profile? Yeah. I know. It's like, I actually don't right now because we're about to move and whatever. And I just, change I don't know. Your, change your. I know. I mean, I will, address, but yeah. I just was like, I don't know. I mean, but it is, it is the thing. That's the place So that is a go. valid place yeah. to 100%. go. 100%. Yeah. Because okay. they, they verify, li I like that they verify licenses. Yeah. They check with the board. If your license is out of date, I think they end your profile. I think they um, do. You get a picture of the person. You know, a lot of times if I'm working with somebody who has a, a child, I'll say like, put them on, go tell them, go look at my website. So they have a picture of the person. So when you open the waiting room door, they're not like, you know, yeah. it's behind the curtain, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not freaked out, you know, yeah. like they, there's a lot of information you can look at on there, but it's always worth a call because, you know, what's on page doesn't always translate in tone. Right. And, you know, you get a feeling of warmth from somebody when you talk to them on the phone or you don't. Or, right. Or there's missed communication and you're like, I don't feel like this person's really yeah. hearing me or they keep interrupting me or that, you know, there's something you're going to get from that phone call with them, whether it's the fact that you don't want to work with them mm -hmm. or you do right. or there are maybe either way, there's some tidbit that they'll give you. So even if you go there, call. Right. And get an idea and you can call so many people and, you know, narrow it down that way. I mean, I think word of mouth is 
really the best because yeah. you know who you trust. But if it's for someone who's school age, you can ask the school counselors. Yeah. You know, if it's for something actually have pediatricians, yeah. if you if it's something, you know, couples counsel. I mean, I guess if it's divorce, that's you can ask. Divor- that's hard. Divorce attorneys, a lot of, mediators, you know, yeah. but a lot um, of people but, also aren't willing to like how many people do you know that are willing to say, like, I'm having problems with my spouse. And yeah. I need to see, like, so it's hard. It is. There's a lot of shame associated with it, unfortunately, still. Yeah. And that's what's really upsetting about it. Yeah. But, you know, if you're with a group of friends and you don't want to say anything and you can say something like, I have a friend who's <laughs> looking for a therapist for their, you know, marriage therapist, you know, say it. Say it any way you can, yeah. because if you say it and somebody's been through it, more often than not, they might say to you, I have a friend mm-hmm. who uses this person, right. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the less we feel shame about it, the less shame there'll be about it. Right. Right. So it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of to asking for help. If you blew your knee out, you'd ask for right. a PT. Right. You know what and, I you know? love is that because um, I happen to have all these USC students now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it that just like, boom. I got in there with one person and those kids talk about it. It's so fantastic that they're all talking about their anxiety and getting help for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that generation, it seems like there's so much less shame. They're just willing to say like, look, we all have this anxiety is not okay. And a hundred percent. My therapist, my therapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's less shame. I think it is. We found Georgia's the the therapist that helped her with anxiety. Um, that poor woman, I have given her number <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to probably 25 or 30 people because she oh. is like you. She's like, met with us, assessed what was going on, gave us some tools, said, it's up to you, you got to practice the tools. We saw her three times. And after the third time, she was like, I think you're good. Come back anytime you need to. I'm here, open door, anytime you need and to come back. Valley? She's in the valley. Oh, I'd love to have her number. I I, I grab onto people because if it's somebody awesome. that I know that I that I can't treat, yeah, I will totally refer them to. Yeah, she. I, like to know I good think people. she maybe. I don't know if she specializes in anxiety, but she's a neuro oh, person. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, and she, I love her. I won't say her name aloud. She doesn't have a lot of personality. Oh, so the first person, yes, don't say her name aloud, please. I won't. But the first person who referred me said, "I have some psychiatrists like that." Yeah. Well, the first person that referred me was like, "This is her. She was so effective with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could not be happier with what the, the end are. result is." Yeah. She Bedside has the personality manner. of a loofah. Yeah. A lo- so just <laughs> no walking in. <laughs> oh my god. Not to judge her. Bless her heart. By her personality. And I went, okay. Yeah. And I walked in and talked to her and I was like, loofah. Loofah, pretty, yeah. pretty, that's pretty accurate. She's <laughs> no, about a loofah. I've had some psychiatrists that I use where I just tell the parents straight up, listen. <laughs> <laughs> he is so on the spectrum. It's not even funny. <laughs> he will piss you off from here until Sunday. But just know clinically brilliant yeah, diagnostician yeah. would trust him with my own children please go just oh, yeah, ignore yeah. the personality and they're fine with it they trust me they get it they'll do it you know yeah. but yeah if you don't know that going in yeah it's good to know that going in because i I keep i yeah. changed it from loofah to corrugated cardboard i was like this is what she's like corrugated cardboard she's a really lovely human being right but literally you're like wow yeah i didn't know anybody could be that unanimated and yeah she does a lot of this right right okay so then what? Yeah. And you're like, ah, well, then I couldn't sleep. Did you fire hose her? 
Right. Yeah, oh, I totally fire hosed her. I totally fire hosed her. You get, you're like, I'm getting a reaction. I'm going to do this. I'm getting yeah. a reaction. Oh, I made her laugh. Don't think I didn't make oh, her laugh. That's so I did. Fun. It was my yeah. goal. I was trying to get Georgia to be relaxed with her because <laughs> oh it can God. be unnerving. You think about it when you're unnerving. at a social party yes. and you're with someone who has no social skills and all of a sudden you're like, I'm the one talking too much. I'm talking too much. I'm talking too much. That's what I did so that. It would like deflate, diffuse it. Yeah. <gasps> so I was, I worked. Yes, I definitely fired host her. 100%. Oh my god! But yeah, funny. she what everything she said, even when she was talking to me about what was going on for Georgia, I had probably four aha moments where I went, okay, mm. this woman knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. This is exactly right. She's exactly right. Yeah. And I never would have guessed that you were listening even. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you were yeah. personality free. Are you, yeah. Are you so, engaged with me? Could you tell your face? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, yeah. And I've seen her outside because she lives in our neighborhood. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's the same thing. I'm like, hi, Dr. So-and-so. And she's like, hi. <laughs> Maybe she's over Botoxed. Okay, no, no, she's not. No, it actually does. No, move. yeah, she wears Birkenstocks. <laughs> okay, okay. She's she's real That's crunchy hysterical. granola. Granola crunchy. I'll give you her name. I'll take her name. Yes, yes. She's really effective, and every person I've sent her to, except one, has had the same experience. This one little girl who's having terrible anxiety, like sleeping mm. two hours a night, just can't get through they've taken her to three therapists and all three of them said i can't get her to engage Mm -hmm. i think you need to try someone else they go to someone else they i can't get her to engage in this process i can't get her to talk about it i can't get her to engage another person same thing and they're going more multiple sessions three four sessions and then the the therapist is saying this is not a right fit perhaps try someone else i'm not sure how to get her to engage so they're having a really hard time with her anxiety great kid overachiever oh my god like one of those highly gifted kids mm-hmm. that just my project my project oh, i'm yeah. up till two with my project and you're like girlfriend unplug right bad. care about your project can't seem to i know we had a remember we had a whole podcast on this though but i just some of it's cultural like what we're doing to these kids yes. is just oh i know starts then and that's why we're having it in college still they're yep. just so it's so much. It is so much. <laughs> Anything I didn't cover that you can think of? Anything we didn't cover? That any advice about someone who's thinking about going to therapy, worried about a therapist? I mean, scared? this is to state the obvious, but yeah. it's the obvious worst thing ever. You should never feel any sexual anything oh, yeah. from I mean because it does happen like yeah. your therapist shouldn't flirt with you or I mm, mean right. nope it seems so obvious yeah but um it is yeah well what's <sighs> I'll say this in graduate <laughs> school <laughs> I was working in a facility which was so dear and near to me I loved it and there was another therapist there who was seeing a couple she worked in a clinic outside of the, she worked in the clinic I was in and she worked in another clinic and she was licensed. I was not, I was training and she, I overheard her. I was in the kitchen and she was in the treatment area and I overheard her, heard her talking to another therapist about how she had feelings for one of her patients. Oh no. And she saw a couple and she ended up having an affair with what? a man. <laughs> I'm not joking. And my, it was my first experience calling the board. And I what? called the board and reported her. But it happens. But it happens. And so it, it's really funny because we I have some friends who are LMFTs and I'm an LCSW and we have 
these little and and basically the difference between them is very little. It's just a different type of education and what you do after that can totally shape your career in a totally different way. But there we the, the LCSWs have a thing that professional therapy never includes sex. It's a pamphlet. You, you can never see your patients ever, no matter what. It doesn't matter how many years you've been out. Doesn't matter. Right. And then their track there's something about, I think the rule is what, six years? We have a year thing. I think it's fewer than it's that. It's a year? Oh, no, no. I mean, a number of years, not oh, one oh, year. Oh. I'm just saying like I'm we like, have. No, um, I thought it was six years. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm licensed in both California, I mean, California and Colorado. So I might say the wrong thing because okay. it's never come up for me. Well, but think, um, right, right. but it's, it's, it's only, I think it's fewer than six years is oh, my point. So yeah, she didn't wait her. I think it is. <laughs> she didn't wait any time. So she, didn't she, wait any time. she didn't waste any time. Well, we, would, we would mess with each other all the time. Like, well, we can never be with our people. Like, but the mm-hmm. point is, you should never, ever, ever feel like there's sexual tension between you and your therapist. If if for some reason like transference right. comes up, like there are some people who are like, you know, you remind them of somebody and they have an issue, you work on it out in the open. And if that's a really delicate issue, if they can trust you enough to say like, you know, I'm having a feeling and, you know, you can help walk them through it. If they can't get past it, they need to refer you. Right. Because if it's getting in the way of you doing your work with mm-hmm. them, that's not okay. Right. You know, I, I had some kid that was having issues with me when I was working in treatment. He was a young boy and... I was like, he's not getting any work done. He just keeps flirting and it's not appropriate. And so I transitioned him to a male and it was fantastic. And he did it with every single female counselor. It was his mm-hmm. issue. He had yeah. learned that behavior. And it's like, you know, I'd love to be helpful with him, but I can't. And my right. supervisor was like, 100%, that was the right thing to do. And you don't transfer people immediately if they bring an issue to that because you you want to make sure that it's inappropriate and they don't feel shame about it and you work through it with them. but. With some cases, it's just obvious, like they're using it as a tool to get right. in the way of therapy because they didn't want to do the work. Right. You know, it's deflection. It's total deflection. So, but yeah, it should, you should never feel like that therapist going on. is hitting on yeah. you right. in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, not okay. I just thought of two more things really quick. Mm-hmm. One is Are you required to do continuing education? Do you yes. graduate school yes. and you're done? Absolutely. Yeah, no. you are 100% required you're to do required. continuing yeah, education. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone else know that. So you didn't graduate in 1982. Right. right. And you're still using the same theories and practices from 1982. Correct. Right. So just so everybody knows, yes. you do a lot of continuing education. And the board does audit, although they don't audit as frequently as I think they should. But they do audit people's files oh, sporadically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. To check to see if you're keeping up with your CEs. Right. Right. Second question is, I know you had spoke, you've spoken about this in a podcast before. There are so many different types of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. How would someone, like, I wouldn't even know what to Google. Like, Just uh, Google types of psychotherapy. You're literally, right. you'll find like good therapy or whatever. I know goodtherapy.org or com, I mean, has like all these things on what to expect with this kind, but you'll right. find ton of, I, I, I think good therapy is one I would say though, because sometimes you'll get like Wikipedia or whatever and it yeah, must yeah, be no, too Good dense, therapy but, works a little bit, but it's yeah. more concise and mm-hmm. it's different. You know, it'll say gestalt therapy, psychodynamic therapy, but you know, it'll list okay. kind of what they yeah. are and then you can see like, hmm. Goodtherapy.com yeah. or org or something. Good I therapy. Org. Is it org? I think it's org. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, but the other know. thing I would say too is like, have the conversation because it's helpful to understand the the modality because yeah. some of them are extreme yeah and that's not what you would want right but there are but a bunch of them in there like like i pull from a bunch of different things mm-hmm. and so 
you know, it doesn't fit necessarily in a box. Right. And it's so, not rigid. Yeah, no, but some people population are, some people, is different. Right. Like my teens do way better with Cog B mm-hmm. and and short term therapy. They don't want to do like go back and what when I was two. Like right. it doesn't. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help them. So you have to you there should be some flexibility the therapist mm-hmm. usually has some flexibility in who they're seeing and what mm-hmm. they work with and what tools they pull out to work with different people right you know but your modality shouldn't be like so variant that it's like right i mean know. yeah yeah okay so to me i if i were looking for a therapist i would read all of those types of therapy yeah. and go okay i resonate with these six or right. whatever however many and then i would go to psychology today and look through everything and maybe cross-reference it with what i have for my um approved people on my in my network right see if i could get more information by cross-referencing those two and psychology resources. today does have that list of like what are your issues adhd mm-hmm. depression oh, that, like you uh, can, i don't i didn't remember that yeah. but yeah now that you say that you i can do select that do. and hopefully people will have in their bios that this is what they work with right you know, so yeah. that'll help too. And you can select what insurance they take. And Right. Yeah. So that would be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And even if that doesn't work to find some kind of clinic like I found with that works on a sliding scale right. that has an intake person that can help you place. I, I found that shortcut to be amazing to mm-hmm. just go, here's what I need. Right. And for them to go, here's who we think you'd be great with. Right. And it worked both times. It's almost like having a concierge. It is almost if like you having have a the concierge. right clinic. I mean, a lot of clinics are like, this is who we have available. Right. You know, but if you have I a clinic so, that yeah. really can fit you with somebody that works like, hey, if you're willing to wait, there's no openings right now, but we have somebody yeah. who would work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was like a concierge. I never thought yeah. of it like that. And it was less expensive than going to see a therapist. So don't think the word concierge means it's right, like right, primo. Right. Yeah. It doesn't. It just meant to me that it really shortcutted the process of mm-hmm. finding the right person because both times it worked like a charm for me. But again, another friend did it, didn't work, sw- went back to the intake, switched, and that one worked. So it was kind of a... I find that people will call me a lot. Friends will call and go, I'm looking for a therapist. Like I should know where to find a therapist. The only but one I know is mine. Word of mouth though. You know? It is huge. So, but yours yeah. might know too. I mean, right. yours, if you ask Mine's in yours, Pasadena. Like, but I'm saying, but it doesn't well, matter. She knows I know someone people, in Santa Monica. Or, yeah. You know, like I have yeah. colleagues, really great people that I would send my own family to because I trust them so much. Those people I know that they're on the west side, they're yeah. in Pasadena, they're yeah. in deep, they're in Santa Clarita. Like I, I have just, you know, I, I don't know about you, but a lot of us will have dinners together. Right. Like we'll have colleague dinners where we get together every once in a while and just kind of hang out. And there's some psychiatrists and therapists and, you know, we'll just talk and not network because we already know each other, but just touch base. And, right. you know, who are you working with now? And, oh, are you take, oh, you left UCLA. So you're here so I can send you people, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to have. So you have that great network of people you really know and trust. Mm-hmm. And like hearing somebody like that woman you were talking with who was really effective. Now I can have her in my arsenal as somebody to mm-hmm. give to somebody if they ever need it, you know. Right, and right. and also location doesn't always matter. If mm-hmm. if I have a great colleague who does EMDR for. Uh, what is that? It, it's EMDR. basically a process for trauma. E and M. It's eye movement desensitization. Oh, uh, I've heard of this. What's the R? Uh, I, uh, recovery? Mm, mm-hmm. I, it might be recovery. I can't remember what it is. Well, Halston will tell us. Yeah. <laughs> you look it up? He's looking it up. Um, and she's phenomenal at it. And she did her training on me. And she did no it on way. two specific fears. And I was like, this genius. Like, I had a massive fear of flying because when I was 19, my friend died in a plane crash and her oh, whole family died. God. And it was like huge. And in our high school, 
because it was a friend from high school, our senior year, a lot of us had the same exact same, mm. you know, we all had that trauma at the same time. You got it? Oh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And reprocessing, yeah. that's right. So you It's a mouthful. Right. EMDR's so better. You yeah. are reprocessing how you experience that trauma in a safe setting. Mm. And it's they do it by crossing hemispheres in your brain and you're tracking something with your eye. And it's almost akin to doing um art therapy with a child where you'll have them draw and their their, you know, right brain's busy and they're doing its thing and then their left brain they're like you know yeah i was abused when i was three you know they just kind of like open up like you know like a cannon um so she does that and she does it in only a few sessions Mm. so even though she's on the west side it's worth it for me to refer somebody from the valley to go see her to work on a very specific issue because i know she's only going to see him three or four times and that's it right and they're done right with that particular trauma so even if somebody's not on the right side of town, it's worth it. It it's, could be very worth it. For so maybe we should send for. Bert for his balloon trauma. Yeah, he could, <laughs> he could. That is something he could totally do in EMDR. His balloon trauma, fear flying. Yeah. His neurosis it totally of disease. On the <laughs> yeah, he's convinced he has a coronavirus <laughs> right oh, yeah. now, and well. I'm like, dude, it's a head cold. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God, it's a head cold. There's no fever. You got no oh, congestion. You get a head cold. It's probably Corona. Mm-hmm. How it, do you prevent Corona? You keep your hands out of your mouth. You tell, tell them you need to stay in a room by yourself. <laughs> right, right. Yay! Right? <laughs> we win. Good luck. He's like, I'm thinking about doing my meet and greets in a hazmat suit. I'm oh like, my, oh, that'd be oh awesome. My, please. For the shirtless comedian. I think you should definitely hazmat it out. He was like, no, I'm not even joking. This oh, coronavirus yeah. is going to be for real. Oh he left me God. a list. Yesterday, he made me a list <laughs> of the things I am to purchase this week. Uh-huh. One month's worth of pasta. <laughs> he, he, I'm like, one month of pasta? I'd be constipated for a full month. Here's what I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him that it helps a lot if he covers himself in Vaseline <laughs> before putting the hazmat <laughs> suit on, that that really protects from the virus. <laughs> Just screw with him. I mean, this is your opportunity. You're the best, Amy. That's hysterical. You should cover your body head to toe in Vaseline. It, that blocks all the germs <laughs> from entering any pore. <laughs> so funny and i've got oh. i'm sitting on the month of pasta at home yeah, so right. as soon as you get home we got it it's like a month of pasta you need to go omaha oh steaks God. and buy two full boxes of oh steak Lord. i'm like so we're eating ste- steak and pasta, and pasta sweet for a month atkins double down on the dog food double down on the chicken i mean he's like armageddon oh. <clears throat> i was like you know it is like the flu yeah it's a two percent death rate yes. i think i think we'd be okay oh, i'm God, hoping Bert. anyway <laughs> Well, I found this conversation very helpful. I'm hoping because, as I always hope, it helps other people, especially people who, like you said in the beginning, have that kind of gnawing, huh, maybe I should be seeking help for something. I hope to God it helps people go, you know, maybe I should seek help and maybe I shouldn't be so afraid of the money or the process or Mm -hmm. the person or saying this isn't a right fit. I hope I hope it does, because I think um, mental health is so not addressed and every human has a moment in life where they need mental health support. Every person. Yeah. Even if it's grief support, every person needs it. So I hope that everybody listening, some people will maybe take this information and run with it, hopefully. So thank you for taking the time. I know you both. Have clients, have Thanks work. For having us. It was yeah. fun. I really appreciate the time. I've been wanting to do this podcast almost since I started the podcast. 
So, and I knew you and I was looking for you and I didn't know you <laughs> until I knew you. And then, and then it just took us a little while and to get we, each other. Know that we I know, each other. Each so other which is so yeah. bizarre, but yeah. it is yeah. a small world. Mm-hmm. I mean, as big as LA well, good is, people know good world. people, yeah. you know, true. I think that's, that uh, and which is also why we say word of mouth. Like if you can, mm-hmm. if you can open up to a friend and really say, look, I'm looking for help and I don't want to ask anything inappropriate, but do you know of any good therapists? I don't need to know how you got them. Yeah. But I really, you know, looking and for it. I think I find that people are more willing to ask for their kids. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. But it's important to ask for yourself. I think people feel they can muscle through things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel, why? Why? Right. Why do you want to muscle through? Wouldn't yeah. you want to shortcut it? I am all about the shortcuts. Yeah. Or you I know? think people just think, what, It'll what do you mean? What? Wh- how could someone help me? It just is what it is. Like, yeah, what do you mean? Maybe that's so. that's like, they just have no one. idea how someone could actually right. help. Right. Yeah. Like, I've grappled with this already. How could they, not knowing me, right. be able to come in and right. just help me? Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know to use tools you don't know exist. Exactly. Right. And if you don't know the tool exists, you know you need to find someone who goes. Well, I have this whole toolkit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Maybe one or two. Yeah. Can help you with your issue. I don't think they realize that's what a therapist does. Right, right. A simple statement like, you keep repeating this cycle because that's what you think love is, literally changed the trajectory of my life for the positive. Right. One, One statement. statement. Yeah. And I'd probably been, let's see, I started my sessions with Jackie in December. This happened like in March, and mm-hmm. I was out of that relationship in June. Yeah. So in six months, that happened. And it literally put everything on the right path. Yeah. And I, that's worth every single dime in my bank account. You oh, know, in the EMDR that I did just helping my friend with training, you know, like therapists go to therapists, by the way, yeah. we'll mm-hmm. go to therapists to talk mm-hmm. and get supervision and, you know, and deal with vicarious traumatization that we experience from hearing a lot of trauma if we're dealing with trauma victims. And, you know, that therapy that I did in her training process allowed me to travel with my children. Right. That's crazy. That's great. That changed my entire life. I mean, before that, I was like, if my kids want to go to school far away, it's not happening. Right. They can't do it. You know, now I'm like, okay. Wow. So the first time you took a flight, it was just okay. I mean, you were fine. Did you have any? I had a little bit of anxiety just because I was like, here I am doing Mm -hmm. the thing I know I do not like to do. Mm -hmm. I won't get into the... The internal processing in case anybody out there is afraid of flying because I'll trigger them. But it, it, I was very aware that I was on the plane, Yeah. but I did it and I did it, you know, without having to take a pill, without having to take a drink, without having, you know, it just, you just just did it calmly did it. And I went on a 10 hour flight. Whoa. Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to Spain. I never took a honeymoon because I didn't want to fly. Ah, we and drove so we our took honeymoon. A ten year at ten years into it, I was able to take a honeymoon because I was willing to say like, okay, try it on me. I'll try anything. I tried hypnosis and all sorts of stuff, and didn't work. But the EMDR was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So you you know, and I thought I'll muscle through it, or I just won't go. You know, we'll go short distances or something. So you know, therapists see therapists. You know, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. to make sure that we're okay and that we're on the right path and. You know, we have to stay open to the process that somebody has a toolkit we didn't know about. Totally. She had a toolkit that I didn't have. Totally. Yeah. It's like a, like a dentist doesn't go to a dentist. So right. He drills his own exactly. teeth. Exactly. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> if he does, maybe don't go to him. Right. He might be crazy. <laughs> well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. the information and the time and the thoughtfulness and the care. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you That's for great. having us. Of course. You got a brand new we should get together and try them all to see. La, 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 la.
Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Available on Amazon.com, Walmart.com, and at Hero.co. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O. Delicious, ultra-low net-carb Hero Bread buns and tortillas. Soft and fluffy, high in fiber, and with zero grams of sugar. Up to 10 grams of protein, coming in at under 100 calories. Order today at Hero.co and use the code AH10 to get 10% off your first purchase. That's AH10 at Hero.co, H-E-R-O dot C-O. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O dot C-O.